If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking about The Last Dance. So uh, this documentary about The Last Dance mm-hmm. is not about a dancer. Well, or in a, some ways. Some, or, or a musician. I mean, playing a ball like a violin could be considered <laughs> a musician. Right. You know, dancing on the court. Isn't like there a, a song, Last Dance? <laughs> Last Dance. Oh, there probably is. I don't know. Uh, but, but Michael Jordan, Last yes. Dance. Yes, about the 98 Chicago Bulls. And the reason they called it the last dance was because Jerry Krause, the GM for the Chicago Bulls, this little guy, if you look at him, he looks exactly like the villain in Space Jam. It's really funny because Michael Jordan hated Jerry Krause. Everyone hated Jerry Krause. This little tiny Napoleon Complex fat guy who, like, literally when they won a championship was like, it's not the team, it's, you know, an organization win. And it's like, no, Michael Jordan won it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have the best player in the world. Like, that's who won it. Yeah. And so uh, he told Phil Jackson, he hated the coach Phil Jackson. He said, I don't care if you win 82 games in a row and the championship, you're fired. This is your last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which Jerry Cross didn't have that power. Jerry Reinsdorf, who was the owner of Chicago Bulls, had that power. Um and so Phil Jackson was like, all right, this is my last year. We're going to call it The Last Dance, the 98, The Last gotcha. Dance. You know, and that was kind of like their play. So that's where the name came from. Yeah. So uh, uh, a little backstory before we get into this. Uh, you grew up near Chicago. Yep, in Illinois. Yep, yeah. in Bloomington. Uh, uh, we are a basketball family. I mean, my, my... How far away is Chicago? Two hours. Two hours. But, like, I remember we had all the games on... VHS. Oh, like, you would record them? We recorded them. We had all, all of them? All of them. Wow, that's and, dedication. Yeah. And a lot of VHS. Yeah, How many games are in an NBA season? Uh, 82. I think it was just like the, the playoff games. Oh, okay. stuff. Not like one. the normal season. No. I was like, you'd have like a... <laughs> storage <laughs> unit yeah <laughs> yeah i don't even know how many hours a vhs could hold at that uh is I think it like it was two like a, hours yeah or an hour and a half something like that interesting yeah but like i just remember we had them all marked you know like suns versus bulls you know playoffs yeah. i wish we had all those i really wish we had kept them because like i i am now at an age where i would have 100 percent taken those and like copied them into, yeah you know digitized them yeah but um that would take a long time. It would take a long time because those are a lot of the games. But, like, but there's probably some device on Amazon you can just put the tape in and then just like let it do its thing and then it pops it out when it's done. And then Jeff Bezos like gives you a coin. Yeah, <laughs> He's exactly. like, this is the new world currency. Uh, <laughs> hey, if uh, if Amazon starts selling a Bitcoin, I'm buying into that. Because you know that thing's yeah. going to be worth some money. I right really there. wish I had bought like Amazon stack, stock at like the start of this because, oh my goodness. Oh, it's I know. Like, it's so much now. Yeah, I know. It's insane. When but, it, well, it dipped down to like the low thousands and then it's jumped up to above two thousands. Oh my gosh. So it's, like when it, when the economy all crashed there for a little bit and then it all came back and Amazon's then gone way up. Yeah. Home Depot is another one that's, it's actually up 8% for the whole year where everybody else is down. Interesting. It's actually like above where it was at the end of the year. I will say every time I've gone to Home Depot, somehow it has ridden the wave. Well. It has ridden the wave. People love to go in there without masking on. Yeah. Um, but the store, like, holy cow, they have got that place. Like, you can only go in one entrance. 
There's one exit, you know, like they yeah. have it like crazy locked. Down. I was actually in the home in the Home Depot. I guess it is called the Home Depot. Mm-hmm. I was in Home Depot when uh the when the announcement from the governor came out Ooh. about people having to stay six feet apart from yeah. each other in stores. And so they were like starting to like mark off like how far people had to be and everything. Interesting. And at that time, people weren't really going to the stores that much because right. it was like still like kind of at the height of the panic, if you want to call it that. And um, so it was like me and like 10 other people in the entire store plus yeah. then the like store people, uh, the workers. Um, so, uh, see, so big Bulls fan. Big Bulls fan. Obviously, I'm assuming you are then obviously a, a big Jordan fan. Huge Jordan fan. I mean, Did as you, we as, all, as a kid, how how little were you when he like first started playing and winning? Um, like, what was your age? Well, I mean, he won his first uh, like uh, championship in '91, and so I was like three at that oh, time. Okay, so you like grew up. Or two. You came into consciousness. Yeah. With with Mike, a winning Jordan. with Michael Jordan being the the all star basketball yes. player that he was. He was the biggest like celebrity star in the world like he was insanely huge and the documentary does a good job of like kind of showing that yeah because like i remember like i remember michael jordan i mean we all do like we all saw space jam and stuff like that um i think that's what i really loved about this documentary was that like we got to like essentially sit at his feet and hear him tell stories. Yeah. But I also got to see, cause how that first episode starts is it's in his early years. So we got to kind of see how it like he started and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so his first win was in 91. Yeah. So, uh, you're, you're a huge fan, obviously being there in Illinois, how far away is Chicago? You said two hours, two hours. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you ever go to a game? Never got to go to the game. We we got to see Scottie Pippen when he played for the Blazers. Um, okay. But, like, that's just, like, the res- residue of, like, how impactful that team was. Yeah. Was that even when he was kind of in the later years of his career playing for the Portland Blazers, like, we wanted to go to that game because it was Scottie Pippen. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan's Robin, essentially. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, uh, and Jordan even says in the documentary, he's like, I don't win six championships without Scotty. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we were obsessed with, yeah. I mean, we had the video games with Larry Bird versus yeah. Michael Jordan, like, yeah. old, old game. Um, yeah. I mean, even now, like, whenever we get a chance to play Jordan in something, we yeah. gotta get him. Yeah. Um, and so, do you remember that commercial where it had Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, um, playing horse? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, off the thing, down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was yeah. one of my favorite commercials. Well, and that was essentially what the video game was. Like, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was uh, Michael Jordan versus, and you were playing like horse. Like, it yeah. was like, that commercial was so popular that like, they, they made, made a video game, game. And people were like, I want to play that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it was like, I mean, Larry Bird, I have more respect to him now, but like when you're a kid, you want to play a guy who dunks, you know, you yeah. want to be Michael Jordan. He's got the gold chains. He's right. cool, you know, he has the tongue stick. Oh, Larry, well, Larry Bird was the villain. Larry sure. Bird was a villain. I mean, Boston as a as a yeah. city is a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Massachusetts is a massel, as we all like to say. So I grew up in Ohio, which is oh, yeah. not super close to Illinois, but it's also not too far away. Yeah, they have a great NBA team. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially back then, they definitely <laughs> did not. Um, and uh, uh, I did not really grow up that huge into sports or following sports, but the only team in sports that I would watch 
as a fan and like the only people I ever had like a hat of, I never was really into like jerseys, but like the only team I ever like supported was rooting for would watch their game was like as a kid, uh, was the, the Chicago bulls. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I mean, it was, I mean, you like at recess, like half of the boys would be wearing yeah. Michael Jordan's hat, All right. uh, you know, his number on their hat. You know, Air Jordans, when kids start getting old enough to actually start playing basketball, like, more competitively, like, everybody obviously wanted those. Even, even like, the the pumps. Yeah. You remember those? Like, <laughs> yeah. people would get those, and then they would pump them up in class <laughs> as though they were really cool. I remember sitting down and, like, pumping for, like, a minute straight and being like, this is going to help. And I tried jumping up and, like, nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really, because, you know, when you're a kid, yeah. you're like, if you pump them, like, you'll jump, like, yeah, yeah. four inches, yeah. you know, or feet, you yeah. know. And then I remember playing, I don't know what game, it, it was an NBA Jam where it was like, you're on fire. Yeah, NBA He's Jam. on fire. Uh, I remember playing that uh, at my friend David's house and uh, on the Sega. Yeah. And always wanting to play the Bulls. We would like fight over who got to play the Bulls. Yeah, I did a cute. flip with Luke Longley, the center. Nice. <laughs> it's like a ball on fire. You just do a front <laughs> flip jam. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, the Bulls, I remember watching uh, the games. Um the playoffs and, you know, just being in awe of Michael Jordan. Um, and I think part of what was cool about Michael Jordan was he, he was just a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, but in a way that was like, uh, especially growing up in like a more Christian conservative home, like you didn't have to feel bad about thinking he was yes. cool. Yes. He was like a Will Smith type cool. Yeah. You know, where he was just like, he was, he was, it wasn't like he was a, a rapper cool or a bad boy cool. Yeah. I mean, he was just like a nice guy. Yeah. Seemed like a nice guy good basketball player, nice smile, you know, just always seemed like really like kind to people. Yeah. He's very charismatic. And that was the thing is like, even his celebrations, you know, like LeBron James, he, he has this like stomp down thing, you know, all these guys yeah. do all these cool things, you know, the three fingers on the side, stupid things like that. But Michael Jordan just did the classic, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. just a little fist bump. Yeah, he had good sportsmanship for the Great most part. I mean, I never, I mean, yeah. as a kid, it seemed like he did. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what the documentary shows more of. Um, but even like looking at like somebody like Kobe, who was like crazy competitive. I know Michael Jordan was too, but he like, he masked that kind of behind this like sportsmanship Yeah, that is hard to find sometimes nowadays. You know, usually if people are good, they know it and then they put it, they rub it in every, everybody else's faces. Oh, Michael did that. But as a kid, you don't really notice right, exactly. it. That's what I guess I'm yeah. saying. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I was also a huge Bulls fan. I, my parents did not tape. All the show, all the all the the uh, games. games, but uh, you know, it was it was definitely something that like me and my dad would watch the games together, and you know, as a kid, like I said, you would you had Michael Jordan stuff. Yeah, that's just all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, so I was in. Did you ever watch like the finals or anything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I watched the finals like when he would play against like Larry Bird and stuff. And, oh wow. Um, and that was like his first one. That was in '91. Well, I'm a little older than you. You are, you are. Well, so you when remember, you were like, three, Utah... I was seven. <laughs> That's true. Do you remember the, like, the Utah Jazz one? Those the last two, the 97, 98? Um, probably. Okay. I'm sure I watched most of them. Because, it, again, it was Michael Jordan. Yeah. Then he, he also played against the... Um, Play against the Suns. The Suns, yeah. Play against the Blazers. Yeah, the Suns one I really vividly remember. Okay. Because that one Charles he was playing Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah, him and Charles Barkley playing against each other. Yeah. That that's probably like the one that like sticks out in the mind. That's in the mind my most. first one I remember. Okay. Like vividly remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. All that kind of happened when I was in elementary school. 
Um, and then obviously he went off to play baseball and then came back. Mm-hmm. So where does this fall in that? Cause like my childhood timeline is a little confusing sometimes. Yeah. So when did he go play? Is this 97, 98 season, the last dance season? Is that before he went and played baseball or I mean, after the last, last dance, the last dance. That was yeah. his like second retirement, you know, after 98 was his second retirement. So his first retirement. So he won 91, 92, 93. Uh-huh. Then he retired in 93. And went and played baseball? Went and played baseball. Okay. And then came back. Uh, but he only played baseball for like six or... He played like, for like a year or something like that? It was like a year, half a year, something like that. Because then he went and played golf for a little while professionally? Well, he always played golf. Like, like he, they talked about that a lot, how he would play like a full game of golf and then go play basketball oh, that night. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like obsessed with golf. Interesting. Um, and so they, they dive into that. So the documentary, it's obviously about 98, but they go back they do like time jumps throughout the whole documentary. So, you know, kind of telling the story of like why this was important, why this event is important because back in 91, you know, and they were like, go back and forth and and kind of work their way up. Okay. So tell me, so he, he goes back then to basketball in like 95. Yeah. So he uh, he came back in 94, like the late, uh, he played like the last, like, like, 20 games or something like 30 games in 94 like he came back yeah and he actually lost a lot of people don't remember that so they lost uh to the orlando magic and they didn't make the finals um and so that's kind of been like disappeared from the public's yeah. mind until this documentary um because you know it's always michael jordan won six but he won six in seven years like that was a big six in technically you won six and eight is what they talk about six and eight six and eight gotcha because it had never been like something like that is just astronomically crazy. Yeah. And the three P is really hard and he did it twice. Like, so they talked about that. So after playing ba- ba- baseball, mm-hmm. that's when he came back yeah. and played again and won three times. Yeah. So he, um, and then he retired a second time. Yeah. And he, re- that was for real. Yeah. Well, I mean, he came back later in like 2003. Oh, uh, and played for like the magic, the, or something the like wizards, that. Oh, the wizards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, he actually so that's the heartbreaking thing is at the end of the documentary, he talked about how he wanted to come back in 98, like sign one more contract, go for their seventh, you know? Yeah. But Phil was like, I'm, I'm done. Like Jerry yeah. Krause hates me. I need to take a break. Um, and so that was just kind of sad. Like as a Bulls fan, like hearing that, you're like, ah, yeah, we could have had another yeah. one. We could have had more because the NBA went to a lock lockout. Uh, the players union, they're yeah. a, uh, yeah. a union. Yeah. And so they went to lockout. So in 98, uh, I think Jordan was just like, all right, I'm tired. I'm mentally tired, physically not my peak anymore. Like he was 30, like he was like 35 or something when he retired, which is like where LeBron is now. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of crazy to kind of see that where it's like. He could have kept he playing. He could have kept playing. Like he was good. Like he may not have been the right. peak physical, but like mentally. Yeah. He was a forge, you know, like no one could stop him. Like he was amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, yeah, so tell us about you've watched the whole series. How many mm-hmm. episodes is there? Ten episodes. Where do you watch it? Um, it's on ESPN. Okay. Um, uh, and so they you have, have ESPN. Oh, I have YouTube TV, uh, which and has allows ES- you to watch yeah, it. Yeah, and and I was able to like record it and so gotcha. and watch them all. And um, so they took so the Chicago Bulls had granted a team back in '98 like unprecedented access to record everything because they're oh, like wow. it's the last dance. So uh, the director of the documentary 
Um, all this footage had been like stored away for years and years. And Jordan was like, no one's going to see this. I don't want to make a documentary about this. But it was when um, Golden State Warriors, they had beat the 96 Bulls record. So the record that the Bulls had was um, 70, I think they had like 72 and 10 or something or something like that. And and Golden State Warriors went 73 and 9. Okay. So they beat the Bulls like season record, which was NBA most wins in NBA history. Yeah. But they lost the finals to LeBron James. And so this whole debate has been LeBron James is the GOAT. Where everyone's like, no, Michael's the GOAT. You know, gotcha. greatest of all time. Which is a dumb argument. Two different players. Because obviously different... Jesus is the GOAT. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is the... uh, no, Muggsy Bugs is the best. <laughs> the little guy from Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, so when LeBron won that championship in 2016, um, Michael Jordan gave the okay to kind of be like, all right, you can make a documentary. Oh, uh, interesting. And so they spent the uh, last couple of years... The crazy thing is they finished the documentary a couple days before the last episode aired. Yeah, I, well, like I heard they were editing it. As during, they were doing it. Yeah. I heard that they released it like three months early because ESPN has no games yeah. to show. Yeah. Oh, no. They're dying. Yeah. So people were... That was another reason why this has been such a big success. Not only is it good, but... People are starving for, you know, Sports. like it averaged like 5.9 million views per yeah. night, you know, uh, which is huge. Like overall, like, you know, crazy amount of people watched it. Um, and so, you know, they they had lots of different interviews from different people. I mean, they, they interviewed Kobe a week before he died. Wow. Yeah. And so he's in the documentary. It's just like sad to see that. Um but anyway, they have all this footage, behind the scenes stuff, like they're with Jordan in his hotel room, they're with him behind, you know, scenes, and you're starting to see, and then they obviously take like old game footage from, and a lot of the interviews are kind of fill in stuff where they don't have like, yeah. you know, footage, because 98 is where we saw all the footage. And so, um, they just did a really good job of like going back, you know, and so some fun things I found out was uh, Jordan, you know, his original element, like high school basketball team, they, they didn't, they cut him from the team. Right. That's a classic story. The classic that story. That he didn't make the team. Exactly. Um, and so he went and played hard, 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 came to North Carolina and, uh, and like people were like, oh my goodness. You know, like, like he was good, but not the best. Yeah. And he was there for like three years, I think. And I mean, by the time he was done with those three years, they're like, he's the best player we've ever seen. Yeah. And so when he came to the Bulls, um, he came, he got drafted in 84 or 85. I don't know. Kyle, Kyle has been watching it too. We've been texting back and forth. Um, the Bulls were nothing. They literally, they, they lost out on like attendance to an indoor soccer team. You know, like they literally were back in the eighties. That's yeah, pretty bad. Literally nothing. Yeah. And they, <laughs> there's this great scene where Jordan, he's a rookie and, uh, they're interviewing Jordan now and they're like, some called the bulls, the, uh, the, the cocaine circus because, and he just like laughed and he's like, I don't know about that, but he's like, I did. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. When I was a rookie, I didn't know where my teammates were. So, you know, I go down to one of the hotel rooms, knock on the door and I'm like, who's that? He's like, it's MJ. 
I'm like, ah, it's a rope. Have him come in. He's like, I walk in there. The entire team's in there. He's like, you got people doing cocaine over here. You got people doing, you know, there's prostitutes. It's like everything, like horrible. Yeah. I, an NBA basketball team. <laughs> this is happening. And he's like, I have to get out of here. Like, I if I get caught here, like, I'm done. And so um, that was kind of like the Jordan. We got to see, like, yeah. the, he was a pure, like, he wanted to stay in North Carolina. Right. It was his coach that was like, no, you need to go to the NBA. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he was like, I want to make Chicago a respected dynasty, like the Lakers, like yeah. the 76ers, like Boston, you know, Celtics. And, um, and so we see that happen. And down even to the point where um, he wanted to sign with Converse. Con- oh, no, no. His uh, choice was, I believe, Adidas. It was one of those. And he hated Nike. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, I don't want Nike shoes. Because back then, Converse were the NBA shoe. Oh, like, okay. everyone did Converse. Yeah. And it was his parents that were like, Michael, you're going to go to Nike, and you're going to listen to them, and you're going to accept whatever they tell you. Yeah. <laughs> like, get your butt over there. So he goes over, and usually they would offer an NBA player, like, $100,000. They offered him $200,000, and a signature shoe, like, right off the bat. They hoped... To make three million dollars over three years with Michael Jordan, within the first year they made hundred twenty-five million dollars. Wow! <laughs> like that's how explosive he was right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Like when he came into the NBA, because he had won championships with North yeah. Carolina. Like he was already like a big head in uh, the you know college basketball scene. Yeah. So when he came into the NBA, he even said like he went to the best player on the team in practice and like just destroyed the guy yeah kind of being like i'm the rookie but i'm the alpha (laughs) yeah and took that team over and so uh that's kind of like where you know he started and so from 85 to 91 he didn't win a championship so that was a big gap where a lot of people are like you know if you don't win a championship after a couple years like magic johnson was really unique where his rookie year he won a championship um jury uh Abdul Dabar, Dream Kareem Abdul Yeah, Kareem Abdul Dabar uh, was the center, and he got injured in the finals. So Magic John- Johnson, the rookie, took over as center. He is usually a point guard, but he took over as center and destroyed. Yeah, won the championship for them. So like Magic, you know, it was, yeah, it's Magic, it's Larry Bird, these guys are colossal yeah. heroes, you know. And here's Michael Jordan. He's flashy. He dunks. He scores. He makes a lot of points, but he's not winning. And that's the thing is, like, he's the best scorer out there and all that stuff. And so they talk about, like, his first series with, like, the Celtics. And, um, like, he made, like, 64 points in a playoff wow. game, which is, like, the most ever. Yeah. Um, and like, his team still didn't win. Yeah. He's got some bad teammates. Oh, he had some real bad teammates. And, you know, being frustrated and all that stuff. And Larry Bird had that uh, famous line where he goes, I didn't – we didn't – we played – we didn't play Michael Jordan. We played Jesus dressed up as Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, and, like, that's where he eventually, you know, got the nickname Black Jesus. And, yeah. you know, like, he just was amazing. So it was when they uh, eventually drafted Scottie Pippen that things started to change. Okay. And uh, and then they talk about Phil Jackson coming into the team. They had yeah. this other guy, Doug uh, – I'm, I'm butchering all these names. But uh, Phil Jackson – had been a center for the New York Knicks, had won a couple championships, and then he was a coach down in Puerto Rico. 
Interesting. And Puerto Rico was wild. Like they would pour chicken blood on the other team's <laughs> chairs just to be like a warning. And the mayor of the town that Phil Jackson went to coach up, uh, shot a referee. <laughs> and his punishment was he couldn't go to any more home team games. <laughs> so that's where Phil's coming from. And so he comes in and becomes an associate uh, coach with the Chicago Bulls. And eventually, essentially, backstabs the coach and becomes... The coach? Yeah, they definitely, like, the more stories you hear, like, Phil Jackson's, like, this hippie kind of guy, like, did LSD, you know, obsessed with Native American culture. Uh, it's, like, an official Native American or whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, but there's definitely some things he did that, like, hmm, that's a little tricky. A little shady. Yeah, a little shady. Oh, that's interesting. But, um, and so... You know, with Phil Jackson, you have Scottie Pippen, you have Mike Jordan, 91. You know, they're Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Well, Dennis Rodman came in 96, 97, 98. So Dennis Rodman played for Detroit Pistons. Oh. That were the biggest rival to the Chicago Bulls. And so that was interesting because they talked about how Pippen or uh, Rodman, you know, was the enemy. Like that was the thing. Yeah. He was the enemy because the Detroit Pistons were the bad boys. And their their defensive uh, plan against Michael Jordan was if he gets in the air, you punch him. Essentially, <laughs> like they and the footage is they are like throwing him down. He's bleeding. Oh man! Like his face, you know, they're punching him. They're like it is bad. <laughs> and so that was the and Jordan even said in the document he's like I hate those guys even to this day. <laughs> he's like I hate them so much. And they had lost to Detroit a couple years in a row. They just kept losing. Yeah. And so, like, Phil's first year in 90, you know, they lost him. And it was, it was sad because it got really close. You know, and they, back to your sportsmanship, Jordan shook their hands and all that yeah. stuff. Everyone shook their hands. 91, when they beat the Pistons, Bill Lambeer, Raging Bill, we all hate him. F Bill Lambeer, that's what we all say. Uh, he said to the Detroit Pistons, we're not shaking their hands. And so there is footage of all of them going past the Bulls bench. And literally, like, Isaiah Thomas, like, goes down like he leans down and they don't shake the bull's hands and like to this day like that is like you know the going back to his partnership yeah. and jordan even says he's like you shake their hand if they beat you we did that you know like yeah just good sport it's the passing of the guy like, you yeah. should say good job good game and you move on yeah. and it's like we beat them and yeah. it's like honestly we didn't care like because <laughs> yeah you know it's like we won finally we got past them and so that first series was Lakers versus Bulls in 91. And that was a big kind of shift in dynasty because it's the Lakers, you know, one of the biggest winningest dynasties. And Magic Johnson versus Michael Jordan. Yeah. And the Bulls win. Um, And then they kind of, uh, they they talk about like the dream team, they go to the Olympic dream team and all that stuff. Well, that was 95, right? Uh, Or 93. It's every four years, 94, I think, right? Yeah, I remember the Dream Team. That was a big deal. Yeah, very big deal. And that was kind of the year that, like, Michael, you know, the famous practices. Everyone always talked to their favorite thing was practice. And Michael would just destroy everyone. Like, everyone, you know. And, yeah. and you know, it's just that was the moment that, like, oh, there's a new sheriff in town. You yeah. Know? Like, he just and, – and, and Michael, uh, famous trash talker and kind of – Great thing about the series is all these people would like do little things to like irritate him. And that's kind of like become a meme now where it's like, you know, 
I, I, I unfriended Michael Jordan on Facebook. It's like, that was enough for me to destroy him, you know, or like little things like that become yeah. memes. Um, and so it's just, it's, it was really interesting to see how Jordan thought and how he, his work ethic and, yeah. you know, um, cause a lot of people talk about how he was mean. The documentary from what I saw, he didn't seem, you know, I was like, these guys must be really sheltered because like his bullying seems like what it's not like whiplash level. Yeah. You know, like you're like, yeah. sure. He punched a guy, <laughs> uh, but like he earned your respect, you know, and he felt he apologized. Afterwards. It wasn't like he was just being a bully to be a bully. Like he saw something in you. Yeah. And he goes, you're not trying hard enough. So I'm going to get it out of you. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he won six championships. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's kind of how, um, that sounds very similar to a lot of the stuff that would come out about Kobe after he died. Yeah. About the way that he would play and the way he would kind of like force his teammates to pony up and well, get better. And Kobe even said it. He was like, everything I did was the exact emulation of Michael Jordan. Because if you look at Kobe's footage and Michael's Jordan, it's like the exact same. Because Kobe just did everything Michael did. Um, and so Michael changed the game in a way that very few athletes have. Um, David Stern even said it, you know, he's like, when Michael came into the league, it was in uh, 80 countries or something. And now it's like in over 200. You know, like he, he expanded it to a global level, unlike anyone else ever had. Um, and yeah, I mean, I want to be like Mike, you yeah. know, there's so many, there's so many like phrases. And then with, with that comes, you know, he had gambling. He was a big gambler. Interesting. He would gamble on everything, huh. literally everything. Like there were scenes in 98 where he's playing, uh, this game with his security guards and he, it's whoever can get the quarter closest to the wall. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, and he was gambling on that, you know, like yeah. he would gamble with his team you know like it was just constant anything he could bet that's why he liked the golf you know it was always gambling yeah um and so he and charles barkley both were gamblers like charles barkley says he lost 30 million dollars over the course of wow. his life <laughs> from gambling um but it's just like little things like that yeah. which tarnished michael's reputation uh because people are like oh you know you're supposed to be a good influence and right. stuff like that um and so when he retired the first time it was mainly due to public just the demand of life you know like there's this great shot they have in the documentary with the overhead and it's literally like michael jordan and then just a sea of photographers around him and like interviewers and stuff like that and that's how it was every time like he literally had to stay be quarantined in his hotel room yeah you know and he he was like what type of life is this yeah <laughs> as we're all quarantined we're like huh yeah we get it now yeah you know um and so it was it was really interesting to see that side of Mike. Uh I remember when that happened, like he then went to baseball and everybody was like, Oh, maybe he'll be a great baseball player and he sucked. <laughs> I mean he didn't suck suck, but he wasn't very good. And uh and it was like it was interesting because then it was like everybody was taking their pot shots at him. Like yeah. look at the great almighty Michael and how far he has fallen. Yeah. You know? So Michael Jordan, another reason he kinda went to baseball is he retired and then um, his dad was killed and murdered. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And so uh, his dad was coming back from North Carolina, stopped off at a rest stop, 
wanted to get some sleep, you know, in Lexus and stuff, and they broke in and they shot him, killed him. Uh, and that really devastated because baseball was his dad's favorite sport. Uh, he always wanted Michael to play baseball, but, like, loved the fact that he was... And Michael Jordan and his dad were, like, best friends. Like, they did everything together. They did life together. Essentially, the whole reason he became a basketball player is because his dad, you know, he was always seeking approval from his dad. And so, uh, that was huge. That was life-altering. So, yeah. he was like, I'm going to go play baseball. He went from... He skipped from like the minor leagues to like triple or double a or something like that because they didn't have enough press boxes. Uh, <laughs> so they needed like a big enough press box area just for Michael Jordan because he still was selling out, you know, it was like yeah. team Tim Tebow, but on a right. God like level. Yeah. Um, but they said that like he had a game of 12, 12 games where he hit the ball every time. And then he eventually got to uh 200 batting which apparently is just, like, insane in, in baseball, like, for anyone. And so, like, he could have gotten there. His body was in a different physical place than with basketball. And so he was slowly, like, learning to get his body in shape for baseball. And then that's when, like, he went back to basketball and, and played in that. Um, and that's why – that's one of the reasons they were saying that, like, they lost because his body just wasn't – it was rusty – you know, he wasn't, yeah. you know, the reason he came, he came back as 45 because I was like his, um, like his, like 45, I can't remember. I know he was 45 in baseball and then it was like his like rookie number or something like that. Gotcha. And so he came back, he wanted a new start. So he yeah. came back in 45 and they lost the first game. And so someone on the other team said 45 doesn't look like 23. So next thing he came back number twenty three and just like destroyed the other team. Yeah, because uh, they was a back to back game with yeah. the other team. <laughs> they yeah. just like destroyed him. But um, yeah, I mean the death of his father really affected him, and they did a good job with the documentary, kind of showing the different people in his life influenced him. Because uh, Steve Kerr played for the Bulls, um, was really influential. Um, he's obviously the coach of Golden State Warriors now and all that stuff, but in uh, the 90, uh, 97 championship, Steve Kerr made the like winning shot essentially to help the Bulls win their fifth championship. And they did a really good job of connecting Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan because Steve Kerr's dad was the president of the University of Beirut. And this was back when Beirut was having a lot of their problems and all that stuff. Yeah. And his dad got shot in the head and killed. And so they did the connection between Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr. And even the fact that, like, Steve Kerr was the one that got punched by Michael Jordan because he fought back against Michael Jordan. Yeah. Gained the respect there, you know. Like, it's just, like, they did such a great job of connecting those stories, connecting those legacies, and, like, how, like, in these final, how every player kind of connected to Jordan and the team and how they work yeah. together and um, even the coaches and uh, it was just really, really well done because they showed Scotty and kind of like his. He signed a seven-year deal for like ten. It was like ten million dollars or something like that. Wow! And it was just like ludicrous. Like he was the second best player in the NBA. They went through all his stats, and he was like two hundred and forty-second player in pay. 
Wow. Like just way, way down the like so they they talk about that and how he was kinda like pissed off because in ninety eight he was almost gonna be traded because he was like, I'm done with the Bulls. Yeah. Like he's like, They've screwed me over, they don't want to renegotiate my contract and all that stuff. But without Scotty, can't win championships. And so they did a really good job of tying that story together, talking about uh Rodman. Yeah. Uh, by the time he joined the Bulls, like he kind of outcast, like no one wanted him. Yeah. Uh, had a lot of mental problems, obviously, like almost killed himself at one point. Um, but Phil Jackson and him like could communicate really well and like talk to each other. But like Rodman at one point in the middle of a season went for 48 hours to like Vegas and like they had no clue where to find him. And Jordan had to like literally bust into his hotel room. And Rodman was, like, uh, dating Carmen Electra at the time. Yeah. She was, like, hiding from Jordan. Jordan's like, get out of here. Um, they talked about in the NBA Finals, the 98 NBA Finals against the Utah Jazz. Scottie Pippen, instead of going to practice, or Dennis Rodman, instead of going to practice, it was literally after they had just, uh, I think, won a game. Yeah. He went to the nw like he went to a wrestling game with uh like he was in the arena like he <laughs> did this whole thing with hulk hogan and like was beating so they're like while we're like doing suicides and like shooting rodman's hitting a guy with a chair you know <laughs> like it's just things like that it's like he's literally playing the next day in utah like it was just insane like that's yeah. kind of like that's rodman would just do whatever he wanted yeah and so the team obviously you know they're all older Scotty Pippen's back is like essentially like done. Yeah. Um, Jordan's, you know, he's old, mentally exhausted. Like he's yeah. trying to win his sick two three peats. Yeah. And the number of team that like three peated is like three, maybe two. You yeah. know, like it's it's not very many teams. Ever. Do you know the other teams that have done it? Uh, I believe Boston. I think that's it. I think it's just Boston. I don't think uh I don't think the Lakers ever three peated. Uh they got close. But I don't think they ever did. Um and Golden State would have been the other one that would have gotten close, but they did not three peat. Um so it's just it's just seeing the whole story of Jordan and even the fact and they end the, the documentary really well with Jordan with his rookie kind of statement when he's being interviewed after he just got drafted. And he's like, you know, I just really want to bring this franchise respect. Yeah. Well, he accomplished that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and it was just this really beautiful wrap up of how yeah. he was like, he did it. He accomplished what he wanted to do. They went from like one of the worst teams in just sports, you know, yeah. period, just sports to the most respected. It's like the third highest, you know, franchise, most valuable franchise in, yeah. the, in the NBA. And it was just really cool to see that and, cool. and, and how Jordan just dominated teams and, and all the little stories of his trash talking of yeah. behind the scenes. And they talked about, uh, you know, he would shoot all day on space jam and then he would go play a three hour game. Cause they built this indoor arena for him. Cause he was still like getting in shape to come back. Yeah. Cause they had just lost. Cause I was in 94. They had just yeah. lost to, Imagine he's like, I want to come back and destroy them. And so, they, you know, after filming all day, they have like Reggie Miller there. They have like all these stars like in this like little, you right. know, little area and they're playing basketball. And Henry just is like, this is the best basketball you ever see. 
and the film crew only filmed like 10 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, it was like just a little, in, like just a couple clips. And it's like, come on, guys. But at the same end, I understand that when you're a film crew, you're just like, uh, they're playing basketball, whatever. You know, at yeah. the time, it. Not, I'm sure they were busy doing other stuff. Yeah, exactly. P- so, putting the gear away, picking the gear up, yeah. you know, wrapping cables. Yeah. But it's just really cool to see uh, how they got the behind the yeah. scenes and, and being that film crew, I can imagine just like, man, you're. I mean, you're with Dennis Rodman as he's running away from all the press. You know, the yeah. camera guy, there's a scene where he's like kind of seeing all the camera uh, and the news reporters running at him and he's trying to follow Scotty or yeah. uh, Dennis Rodman. And, um, and just seeing like unprecedented access to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Seeing how he can be corny at times, you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a wild. And they had a really powerful, because when he won in 95, that's the first championship that he, uh, his father wasn't there to be with him. And it was, the last game was on Father's Day. And he won it. And there's this classic photo of Michael Jordan laying on the ground, like crying. Yeah. But we, no one had ever heard the audio. So they played the audio. And he's just like, just sobbing. Sobbing. And it's so heartbreaking. And it's just this great connection, you know, like he won it on Father's Day. Yeah. With his dad. And it was really powerful. Like the way they, they shot Good it. Good filmmaking. Great filmmaking. Great editing. Bringing it all together. Great narration. And they definitely like, I think it was originally going to only be four hours. Oh, wow. And but ESPN into- was like, no, you need to make this 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Yeah. The uh, documentary series that have become so popular is kind of a fascinating trend. Uh, I mean, it's all due to streaming, you know, and Netflix is, is fault for that, but yeah. And and they, they, Netflix is co, you know, with ESPN on this. So it'll be on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I think that was another reason Netflix was able to bring in big money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what would be some of your like top five, like interesting takeaways from, uh, somebody that you kind of grew up with as a hero? That like after seeing, you know, they always say never meet your heroes to a certain right. degree. Watching a do- ten, 10 hour documentary about them is sort of like meeting your hero. Yeah. Uh, any like takeaways from them that like you're like, oh, this is what I thought about him was true. And it was even more true than I thought. Or, oh, I never knew this about him. And that was interesting. Five like interesting facts that you learned about your yeah. hero MJ. Well, I mean, uh, the re- we've had this conversation a lot of times talking about how genius and success goes beyond what people think is like normal. Yeah. You know, like MJ was at practice. Like they even talked about when he was a baseball player, when he was a baseball player, he'd be the first one to come in and bat. He'd bat all day, go home, eat, shower. Then he would come back and bat like into the night. Like, yeah. cause he was working on his game. He wanted to be the best. Yeah. And they were talking about his dedication was unlike anyone. And they were saying that, you know, like there's people that are like, it's always kind of like a what if moment because like, they were like, he could have become something in baseball if he wanted to. Cause he was all doing, he was doing this at like 32. Right. Which is insane. You know, baseball yeah. players coming in at, which he did play baseball in high school. Right. Uh, like, yeah. When he was a kid. Yeah. I mean, and so like he was, learning it and so they definitely yeah. like showed his flubs they showed like when he messed up but yeah. like you know like give him time he yeah. get into it and so um his dedication obviously because there's this great moment in the doc where he's like talking about 
how people kind of saw him, you know, like all his former teammates are like, no, Michael Jordan's an asshole. Like he's, you know, there's just this air of fear whenever you're playing with him. And, you know, they're showing like behind the scenes footage of him and he's like looking at his teammates and he's doing the little eyes. You yeah. Know? He's like, come on, man. Like there's this great scene uh, where like Scotty Burrell was this guy that Jordan just like picked on. Yeah. And like, uh, he's like, Scotty Burrell, like, like even telling, he was like telling the camera crew, he's like, Hey, Scotty Perel's parents, like, and girlfriend. You think he's only with one woman? Nope, he's not faithful. This dude's an alcoholic. And, you know, he's like, come on, Michael. My parents are going to be watching this. You know, yeah. he's like, Scotty Perel. You know, he's just, like, yeah. trash-talking everyone. And um, But Michael says, you know, he's like, I know it's not for everyone, but he's like, the results are we won six championships. And he's like, and I'm dedicated to winning and that's the most important thing. And he, like, starts getting teary-eyed. He starts, like, crying. Yeah. And he even says he's, like, cut. You know? And it's just yeah. this great moment of, like, seeing the dedication. The fact that, like, he's divorced now. You know? Like, the fact that he... Those are years that he wasn't with his kids. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, they're talking about, like, the, the... When they went to jazz territory in Utah, like, kids weren't allowed to go with them because it's kind of hostile. But, like, the years of being stuck in a hotel room, the years of, you know, like being the best and how much he sacrificed and how much he lost and even his reputation and the fact that there's people that like hate him now. And, you know, like he sacrificed to be the best and he is the best. Yeah. And seeing that dedication was really interesting. Um, and then just hearing like confirmation on different things, the flu game, they talk about the flu game, how really it was, you know, the night before he was super hungry, told his trainer, Hey, order me a pizza. And I order a pizza. These guys come up, he eats the whole pizza, wakes up around 3 a.m., vomiting, just curled over. They have IVs on him while he's in the, you know, and he goes out and he plays 44 minutes against the Utah Jazz and wins it. Yeah. Food poisoning. You and I have both had food poisoning. Yeah. There's no way I'm playing 44 minutes in a game. You know, like, yeah. that is wild to me, you yeah. know. Uh, just, like, learning little stories like that, because that had never been confirmed. It was always a flu game, flu game. Maybe it's a hangover game. And all. Yeah. It was a food poisoning game. Yeah. The fact that he played against, you know, uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the Nike aspect of it. Yeah. And, like, learning, because they gave him, like, part ownership. I and mean, now yeah. he's a billionaire because of that. Yeah. Um, and just like how he essentially changed Nike forever, they yeah. they were like a tennis, I think. Uh, yeah, and a running shoe, right? Yeah, running shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cross like, country. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And now it's like Nike is sports. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's not sports without Nike. Well, and they're very much basketball. Yeah, I mean there are other sports too, but yeah. I mean it's yeah. yeah. I mean the Jordan brand alone, you know, everyone's yeah. like, oh, I want to sign with Jordan. When you play NBA 2K, I always choose Jordan because you want those sweet, yeah. you know. And they talk about the shoes and all that stuff and. Just a little like behind stories, and then yeah. actually, see- I remember he used to give his shoes away after games too. A lot of players do that. Um, yeah. But, well, I feel like he well, he had to have been kind of the first one to start, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, because that was like a big thing to get a pair of Air Jordans oh from God. Air Jordan. Life changing, yeah. life changing. And so uh, it was just funny. Like uh, he <laughs> he talked about like I think the first game he came back when he's retired, he played his uh, he he uh, played with Air Ones, like his original shoe. But, like, I guess, like, they were just really uncomfortable to play with because his feet, he said, his feet were just filled with blood Ooh. by the end of the game. 
<laughs> but he's like, I wanted to play it because, you know, it was a statement. It was, I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm restarting. Like, this is me again. But <laughs> it was like, oh, man, like playing yeah. with blood in your feet is, is terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just just really seeing the game footage, too, again. He was like, oh, my God. This guy not only had complete master of his body, because they, they talk about it was like watching a leopard, you know, just like yeah. this cat. He just had control. Um, but like hearing like little things like uh, when they were playing against Detroit, he was like 180 or something. Like he was a skinny kid, like really skinny. He bulked up. He got to like 212, 218, you know, yeah. got, got real big because he was like, I've been administered pain. I want to be the administrator of pain. Yeah. And so he got his uh, guy because after, you know, there's little things like when they lost to Orlando after he came back, his trainer is like, you know, Michael, when do you want me? You know, just call me. I'm available next week or whatever. And he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And his trainer started tearing up when he was doing the interview. You know, it was just like, yes, finally someone is as dedicated as I am. Yeah. You know, like he just brought this level of intensity and love to the sport. Yeah. That just hadn't been there before. Yeah. Because people were doing cocaine. Larry right. Bird used to drink alcohol all the time. You know, like when uh, off season, he would just mow his lawn and drink beer all day. You know, like it's just this level of like they would not go to practice. Magic Johnson was a ladies man. You know, he'd go out yeah. and party and all that stuff. Michael Jordan would be at the gym. Yeah. The next day. Even after winning a championship, he's at the gym. He's practicing. He would go in at like like 5 a.m. and practice until about 8. Yeah. And then he'd go and do his thing, plays golf. You know, they were saying he played like 20 like holes of golf one time and then played a whole <laughs> game that night. Uh, like little stories where, you know, like um, he lost a game to uh, a Celtics player because uh, they – you know, all these players are yeah. friends with each other and stuff like that. But Danny Ainge loses to Danny Ainge at golf. And then that night goes into the locker room where Danny's at. And he's like, lace up. Like, I'm bringing the pain. And that's when he just, like, destroyed the team. <laughs> you know, like, it was just like he lost. If he lost to something, he was going to win yeah. later. You know, there was yeah. something he had to do. Someone, the Seattle uh, Supersonics in uh, 90. Four, they played. This was uh, the game that they came back. And the coach walked past Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan was going to shake his hands, like, hey, buddy. Like, they had been at UNC together and all that stuff. Coach walked past them. And he's like, oh, okay, why did you do that? Now, now I'm going to destroy you guys. Yeah. And he, he went out and destroyed them. Yeah. You know? And it's just little things where, like, uh, you'd see the interviews. So they would give Michael Jordan a. Uh, like a tablet and he'd watch the other people like interviews and stuff. And his reaction to it is just amazing. Like Isaiah Thomas, who was part of the, you know, kind of gave his reasoning why they didn't shake hands with the yeah. bulls. And like, Michael's like, he's lying. <laughs> he's like, I don't care what he said. You know, just his candor about yeah. all these things and yeah. seeing like, that's one thing a lot of people talk about with LeBron James is he is so, like professional, so rehearsed, so you know, you never see the true LeBron. Yeah. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get you know, like he's so crafted and professional and that's probably due to his mom being like, They will do anything to get at you and yeah. vilify you. And it's probably the right thing to do. 
But seeing Michael Jordan and just his candor and just the way he's just open and vulnerable and honest and is like, yeah, I hate this guy. Or uh, Gary Payton, who was with the Supersonics, like, I'm the club. I'm the only person that could Jordan, uh, guard Jordan. And he says all that, and Jordan's watching it, and he just laughs. He's watching the interview with Gary Payton. He just laughs and goes, I had no problem with the club. He's like, Gary Payton wasn't a problem to me. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like him being yeah. like, I mean, I won. I beat him. Like, I didn't have a problem with them. Yeah. Like, I only had a problem with people who beat me. Yeah. And he's like, they didn't beat me. So, <laughs> uh, it's just little things like that. And then um, the fact that, like, seeing him, what he did to Chicago and how he brought that city together. I mean, even as a kid, you know, like you're saying, like, we all now have, like, he brought fond memories of our childhood in a certain way. Yeah. Like Jordan is wrapped up, whether that's in Space Jam, his shoes, the Bulls logo. You know, there's right. just the commercials. I, exactly. Like seeing Jordan, seeing how cool and collected he is. I know he changed the way like I play video games. Like I always go with the cool collected character instead of the super showboaty guy. You know, like there there's a way I did life because of Jordan. Which is dumb to say, but like, you know, he but then <laughs> rewatching video and seeing Jordan like lose his cool. Like there's one point where the guy's fighting him. They have the slow motion footage of Jordan yelling on the court at the guy. And he's like, fuck you. Like yeah. he's saying the F word. He's like, <laughs> he said it like a couple of times. Just seeing like how angry he is and how he just wants to destroy. But he, he inspires you. At the yeah. end of the documentary, no matter what, every episode inspired you. You're like, all right, I need to go be the best at something. Yeah. Because that's what he always wanted to do. He's like, yeah. I sacrificed all this so I could be the best, so that other people would be the best. It wasn't like he, because he didn't start winning till everyone on the team was good with him. Yeah, you know, like that's the thing. It's like he go out there and score the most in the playoff game, but doesn't doing good if you don't win. Right. He brought the best out of people. Yeah, it meant he punched someone, he gained their respect. Yeah. He trusted them in the in the final moment, you know, like pass it to Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, it's just little moments like that. It's really, really great. Yeah. And just seeing all that and just being back there again. Just seeing yeah. the old footage with the sixteen millimeter, you know, right. like this there's a certain like glow and lighting that like the courtside NBA courtside would have in the nineties. Right. You know, like it's just it's not this crisp dark. Right. Now it's this glow, and it was just this really cool, like, see, even seeing people's haircuts. They talked about Jordan brought, like, people dressed up, like, in suit and ties when they went to watch Jordan and, and, and you know, uh, the United Center in Chicago. Yeah. It was an event. Like, yeah. he was a master. It was like going and seeing the ballet. It was like right. going and seeing. And it's just great. Like, I love that. Like, there was this sense of sacredness to watching someone who's like at the peak of his ability yeah. just dominate something. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, as we as we rave about films and we rave about music and books and all this stuff like I think, you know, watching Jordan is just poetry. So yeah. I I'm honored to be like, yeah, I got to watch that. Yeah. I did actually get to watch a Pistons game that he actually played in uh as a kid. Oh wow. So I did actually get to go to a game where Jordan was there. Uh, and Pippin and everybody. Oh man, that's huge. And that was really cool. When what what year was that? I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, like like the time frames in yeah. my childhood life kind of all blends together. But my mom. 
Why was it Pistons? Uh, I don't know. That's interesting. Were you in Detroit or were you in Chicago? I was in Detroit. Wow. Interesting. Uh, don't you have uh, your grandparents? Yeah, my parents. Yeah. yeah, my grandparents and my mom's from Detroit. And so my uncle uh, worked at the Pistons Arena. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, he could, like, he did, like, the pre- um, like where people who paid enough money could come in and have like a little buffet before the game and kind of like a, almost like a pre pregame party. And then some of the piston players came in and like interacted with the people and he was serving food at it. So it's like, I was able to come and like just chill in the back what? and basically just hang out until the game started. And then when the game started, then the, we went and watched, we could just kind of sit wherever we wanted to and, and watch the game. Holy cow. Um, and so I got to watch, um, uh, Jordan play. Uh, I don't really remember it very well. I mean, yeah. cause I was pretty little, uh, but I just remember like getting to actually like see him, you know? Yeah. I mean, we were far enough away too. That it's like, it was hard to really see, right. yeah. you know, is he, is you could see it better <laughs> on a TV, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, but it was still cool to be like, Oh, I was actually got to watch Jordan play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's yeah. No, that's, that's a little bit of history. That's, you yeah. Know, but I didn't know all the history of the Pistons always like trying to beat uh, them up. Uh, to this day, like I, you know, I hate, I don't remember, I hate Detroit and I hate the Pacers. Like, I don't really remember Utah. him playing that much, but that might just be like a memory that I'm making up. Um, because I remember always getting excited when he was, I remember being disappointed that he wasn't playing as much as I wanted him to be. Yeah. Um, but I also remember that they like the Bulls destroyed him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably at that time, like he would go in do enough to get the team good yeah. and then just yeah. relax. You know, it was really the playoffs. Well, especially if their goal is to always beat him up when he's in there. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. don't want to get him injured from the team that roughs you up every time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's truly wild, like, just seeing the way, like, you go up in the air and they would literally, like, close hang him. Like, yeah. they were, like, grabbing him and, like, throwing him down. And yeah. he's, like, getting up and, like, everyone, you know, they're yeah. wanting to punch each other. Um but yeah, like once the they got taken care of, and then they talked about Indiana Pacers, where it's like the hardest team really in the East after Detroit, because um, Pacers they had Larry Bird, they were tough too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just like those game-winning shots, seeing little moments, and they did such a masterful job also with the soundtrack, having like songs from the era, you know, yeah. like fun little like oh yeah, I remember this, like yeah. saying come on, you know, they're yeah. like doing like little things. Um, but yeah, like the Father's Day one was was really powerful because yeah. they like they do all this setup, and then they just they have a uh, this uh, Gonzalez. I think he did something like a uh, Red Dead soundtrack. Okay, and so they have him like singing in this moment in slow motion, and you know, and they they essentially just let the footage go. Yeah, you know, and they're like, it was Father's Day, and he was gonna win it for his dad. And then you just see him just playing and winning. Yeah. And, you know, it's just really powerful moments like that. And um, it's just really, if you well, can take it, old footage and make a wonderful story out of it, bravo to you. Yeah. <laughs> and those guys, I bet, I mean, talking from the filmmaker standpoint for a second, uh, to be those guys who have this awesome footage and have to sit on it for decades. <laughs> And can't do anything with it. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he finally says, you know what? You guys can make something out of that if you want. And then they go, what? Yeah. And, you know, and then and then COVID-19 happens yeah. and all these lockdowns. And ESPN is like, we need that stuff three months earlier than what you were planning <laughs> yeah. on. I mean, it's just like, talk about like going from like 
Yeah. Like them thinking that they're never like, I mean, to spend a year yeah. following around a team, filming yeah. every single thing, getting hundreds of hours of footage, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, all these games, all this stuff, not knowing what's good or not yeah. good. I mean, we did that for two months. Imagine doing that for an entire Whole year. year. There's literally just stuff where Jordan's laying down like this and yeah. you just have to be in there. Yeah. Just filming it. You're like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and whoever paid for all that, you know, never saw a return on their money ever Yeah. until now, Yeah. you know, <laughs> 20 years later or whatever it yeah. is, you know? So, uh, yeah, I can't even, I yeah. can't even imagine the, like, what those guys' story must yeah. be like, you know, to go from, like, having this huge archive. And then to, even, like, after all these years, for somebody to be like, hey, go make something out of that. It'd be like, are you kidding me? I've moved past that at this point. I've moved on. Yeah, yeah. I've decided that that is nothing, and I have nothing, and yeah. I've just, I've told my wife, or I've told my kids, or I've told whoever that's like, yeah, one time I did this, but just whatever, you know, because you would... Th- you would feel like a failure for the fact you had all this footage and nothing to do with yeah. it. And then finally years yeah. later you get to do, you know? Well, and even the fact that they waited till now, cause they had talked about maybe doing it in like the mid 2000, like yeah. 2010 or, you know, 10 years ago. But, um, documentaries just weren't as good, you know, yeah. like they weren't the same as they are now. Like, and, and people, uh, Bill Simmons, he, uh, created like 30 for 30 and all right. these kind of iconic stuff. He talked about, it, he's like, no one was paying ten million dollars for a documentary. Yeah, that just wasn't happening. Now everyone wants that. Like that's yeah. Netflix. They're gonna shell out something like thirty million dollars, forty million dollars for a documentary. Yeah, because they know they'll make their money back. Yeah, and you know, well, Jordan, and they also King. have to pay Jordan. Yeah, because he it was his likeness. He's like, I'm not. It's Jordan, the biggest one of the right. biggest brand names in the world. Right, billion like, dollar brand. Yeah, and so he is giving away all the money he made from that to charity. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice. But, I mean, he's a billionaire. So. Right. He doesn't need the money. Yeah. Charity. <laughs> um, well, uh, thanks for sharing. Obviously, I know you're a huge basketball fan, so I'm sure you really enjoyed it. Anybody yeah. else who's a fan out there of basketball, you should definitely check it out. Uh, but anybody who just grew up in the 90s and knows who Michael Jordan is, I don't know how you couldn't. Uh, and then probably anybody post if you've been born even after Jordan played uh, and you're kind of sometimes wondered what was this, what was, why, why do people yeah. get excited about Jordan? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think this sounds like a great documentary to go back and to fully understand and appreciate what Jordan meant to sports yeah. and to kind of culture at the time. Um, so, uh, and I know they go into some of, I mean, I've read some articles as the episodes have come out, they go into some of the cultural aspects of it too um and kind of like you know being like this big celebrity yeah uh, there's there's a whole scene where there was a north carolina was gonna uh, have like the first black governor and uh jordan didn't endorse him and, and the governor the whole, lost right yeah and so because the guy that was running for governor uh notorious racist all that stuff it's bad but you know, they're like, Michael, why didn't, you know, Ali had been really big in right. politics. All these other guys have been big, but you know, Michael's like Republicans buy my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just little things like that. But like he even admitted, he's like, yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme, that's probably not great. But you know, he's like, I didn't want to be that. I just wanted to play basketball. Like that was my thing is I wanted to make money and play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, why am I the tent right. pole, you know, where LeBron James has gone to politics and been very outspoken. Right. So it's interesting, and even the fact that LeBron James' family, you know, his family is very close. Like he's his wife, high school sweetheart. You know, yeah. they're still married, been faithful to her. You know, so it's just little things like that where LeBron 
took different aspects than Michael did. Michael had a better family life. Like uh, his dad, he had a mo- loving mo- yeah. mother, father. LeBron James was homeless with a single mother. Yeah. Dad was never in his life. You know, like it's little things like that. But what LeBron has done with his family is more admirable than what Michael did yeah. with his family. You know, just kind of the difference there and how like, yeah, I mean. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, beyond just the sports, it talks about kind of like that, what it means to be like a, a celebrity yeah. and black in the 90s. Yeah. Um, which is also a very, you know, um, conversation worth having. Uh, also, if you just want to see the crazy zoot suits they all wear, <laughs> their outfits are insane. It's like, holy cow, Michael Jordan's wearing this. Like, it just looks like a tent on him. They're all That's wearing funny. these. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny little ties. Huge suits. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Todd. Until mm-hmm. next time. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.